Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back to another episode of Hands in Motion. On our second episode of our fellowship series, we are joined by Kristen Sloan, an occupational therapist who completed a hand therapy fellowship in Houston, Texas this past year. She shares with us her experience at a hand therapy fellowship in an outpatient orthopedic setting, opportunities she had to shadow surgeons in the office and operating room, and how she eventually transitioned from the position as a fellow to a full-time staff therapist. She now has the opportunity to mentor fellows who are filling her shoes. Welcome to Hands in Motion, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to Hands in Motion. We're going to just kind of jump right in. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from. So my name is Kristen Sloan. I'm currently an occupational therapist at Houston Methodist here in Clear Lake. I graduated in 2019 from Abilene Christian University with my master's in occupational therapy. And I've always kind of had an interest in hands. And so my last internship was with Houston Methodist. And then they hired me on right afterwards. And so I got pretty good experience there for a year before I joined the fellowship program. So Kristen, how did you find your way into hand therapy? What drove you to go that direction? Yes, ma'am. So I graduated from Texas A&M University in 2017, and I was originally going to kind of gearing towards vet school, but after taking OCHEM 2, I really hated that. And so they said, if you don't love OCHEM 2, you would probably don't want to go to vet school. So I ended up kind of observing lots of different medical facilities, and I landed upon uh, Texas Hand Therapy, and I did some observation hours there. And I ended up getting a job and kind of working there throughout my college career. And so I kind of fell in love with hand therapy from the beginning. And so we had both a physical therapist and an occupational therapist that were certified hand therapists at the clinic. And so I ended up kind of talking between the two of them and decided to go to occupational therapy school in Abilene. So went all the way to Abilene and we really didn't go over hands until probably the last semester. So I had to learn, you know, all the basics of being an occupational therapist. And then finally, when we started doing rotations, I got to do my last rotation at Houston Methodist with hand therapy programs. So So your first week during your fellowship, Mm -hmm. what were your feelings? So I had kind of known, so the director of my program was actually my mentor when I was a student. So I knew the clinicians pretty well at the location, but I definitely was nervous and felt the pressure because they had picked me out of everybody else to come be their fellow (laughs) already. So it was a lot of pressure of kind of like, I felt like I needed to know everything before I even started the fellowship program, but kind of looking back, I know that that was very wrong. (laughs) So I put a lot of pressure on myself, I think to be perfect and learned very quickly that I knew nothing about hand therapy. (laughs) (laughs) How long was your fellowship? Was it six months? Was it a year? So the fellowship program I was in is a 12 month program. 
And so we start kind of in the middle of the year and then it runs to about August of the following year. And so I finished it recently in 2021. So we brought on a new fellow recently. So she's kind of going through that same thing that I just finished up with. Tell us about the day-to-day structure or what, what is that 12 months or ish? How is it structured for the fellow? So, yeah, we work a 40 hour work week. And so we do see patients like during the entire time that we're a fellow, but we have about 10 hours that we kind of are allocated to the fellowship, I would say. And so these include like mentor time with your, your kind of assigned one mentor. We have a lecture each week in a lab each week. And so those kind of can vary depending on like what body part that we're talking about for the week. And then a lot of it's really treatment. And so you have treatment time where you're being observed and then treatment time whenever you're observing other clinicians. And so that's kind of like a huge part of it. And then once a week you sit down with your mentor and you kind of discuss patient care. And like, if you have any questions about specific patients, you kind of discuss that. So you said you, you mentioned you had labs. What kind of things did you do in lab sessions? Yes, ma'am. So our labs kind of ranged in a lot of things. So we started a lot with like basic splinting. We do a lot of splinting at our clinic. And so kind of figuring out which surgeons like specific types of splints, specific types of ways um, was like (laughs) the first thing that we did. So we learned the different types of materials and then some of the basic splints as the fellowship kind of progressed, we made more advanced splints, I would say. And then other kind of labs that we would have would include like different manual techniques that we would use. One of our mentors, he is trained in different like manipulations. And so we did a lot of manipulations of kind of depending on what body part we were in that week, we focused on that area. So that was mostly kind of what we did for our labs. What was the mentoring like? What was like feedback that you received? Was it in various ways or how was that relationship with the mentors during the fellowship? So generally I just kind of went to one mentor, but they all kind of give you feedback. So depending on what you were doing for the day, if they were watching me complete an eval, then usually they would right afterward, we would sit down and talk about it. If we were kind of doing our one hour a week mentor rotation, we would sit down with like our entire caseload and see good things that we were doing, things that we need to change. And the good thing is they're always in the clinic with you all the time. So if you have questions, kind of throughout the day, they're very easy to get a hold of. So that was kind of the best part, but usually they kind of communicated verbally and then through email as well. Once you kind of took that pressure off yourself, I know even just general rotations, not just fellowships, I know students feel like they have to come in and they have to know everything from day one. And it's so hard to get students to understand that this is a learning opportunity. And I know, Carrie, you did a fellowship as well. And do you have the same feelings that Kristen did as far as putting a lot of pressure on yourself? Absolutely. I mean, as a, as a student, you always have that, but 
as a fellow, you have a license. I felt like there's that extra pressure of I'm a physical therapist. I should, I should know this stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to, to have some sort of, of knowledge. And even when I applied for the fellowship, one of they were looking for people that had at least some sort of knowledge. And so you didn't want you didn't want to look like an idiot in front of your mentors <laughs> or you, especially or your patients when the mentors saying you're doing this wrong. So I think even probably throughout my entire fellowship time, I probably had those, those moments of, oh my goodness, do I, do I know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. But I would, ha- did- I have to say our, our mentors did such a great job. And I'm sure Kristen, you felt the same way, like of supporting you and boosting you. And like you said, they were right there. I mean, here I am almost about 12 years out of my fellowship and I still have my mentors on speed dial and they're halfway across the country. So I think that relationship is a huge benefit of a fellowship. Kristen, would you say the same thing? Do you feel like your mentors were really not there expecting, I don't want to say to work as a clinician because in a way, like Kara said, you are, but Like I didn't do a fellowship, so I really don't know what it was like, you know, to be able to go through that. I would have loved to do one. Unfortunately, life did not happen that way. But would you agree with Kara and say, you know, they were really supportive and. A hundred percent, just like Kara said, they're always with you. And so even if you do make mistakes, they're very good about pulling you to the side. My mentor never kind of pulled me in front of a patient to tell me, you know, change this unless it was mm-hmm. like life or death. But, you know, we don't <laughs> get those situations very often, but they would make sure you were comfortable before you sat down with the patient, which I really enjoyed just kind of talking it through before and then mm-hmm. after to make sure that it did it correctly. And so my mentor did a really great job at doing that. And I got lucky because our our fellowship program that we were in actually was at two different locations. And so we not only got the mentorship of our staff on hand, but also from the the clinicians at the other clinics, which was really nice. That's great to be able to get a nice perspective from, from a variety of, of therapists. Cause I think there are a lot of things that we do that there's no one way to do it. And so I think it's nice to see how different therapists approach different diagnoses or different interventions. So I think that's great that you had that exposure to a variety, a variety of therapists. Did you have other opportunities outside of like hand therapy, clinical practice, like time in the operating room or time in the clinic with physicians, or even going to other facilities in the area or other opportunities like that? Yes, ma'am. So We got to spend several days with our hand surgeons that are kind of local in our area. And so we did several days where we went into clinic and I thought that was very helpful because the way that surgeons explain kind of the diagnosis helped me explain the diagnosis to my patients. And then also whenever they kind of sit down and draw out pictures, it helps you whenever you're kind of describing that to your patient in clinic too. So I really appreciated that. And then we also got to go to surgery. So that was kind of probably one of my favorite parts because I think if I didn't become an occupational therapist, I would have gone to be a surgeon at some point. We probably all think that, (laughs) but um, that was super cool. And I was lucky enough to have a surgeon that she taught me so much. And so she sat down with me. We talked about patients I was treating if a patient was ever 
that I was treating going to surgery, she'd always kind of call me in and say, Hey, she's coming into surgery. Do you want to see it? And so not only did I see the patient in clinic, I got to go see them in surgery and then, you know, treat them after the surgery. So that was, it was pretty cool to see the follow through through the kind of whole experience that mm-hmm. that patient was having. Observing the surgical part is so valuable, especially when it is a patient that you're working with. I had that opportunity many times to be able to go and do that. And it just makes so much more sense when you can see them then in the clinic and be like, oh, okay, that's why this is going this way or it's going that way. Or, you know, it just, it is such a valuable opportunity. Yeah, I think so. And our surgeon also did anatomy lab for us too, which was a really cool opportunity. She was practicing for kind of a new technique and she brought me in and, you know, explained things and kind of took her time with some body parts that were donated. So that was really, really cool to see everything in like a slowed down motion rather than being in that high pressure of being under surgery. So I really appreciated that as well. Kristen, at your fellowship, were you the only fellow or was there another fellow with you at the time? So we, for the first time, had two fellows. I think this is the first time that it ever happened. We had a Sugarland location and then we have our Clear Lake location. And so we weren't together per se, but we would do our labs kind of virtually and our lectures as well, kind of as a group. And then for our projects, we also kind of went back and forth and we did some of our research projects together. So it was really nice to have her on hand because we could kind of chat outside of the clinic. And so that made it really, really nice. This year, they just did one fellow. So we were the only lucky two to kind of get to hang out together and learn together. So that's really nice. Yeah. There was another fellow at the time that I was there and it was really nice that Jennifer and I were there we just happened to have kind of similar backgrounds and really worked well together and got to have some fun outside of the clinic together too. But just having someone there, it is, it's a stressful time. I mean, it's, you're learning, you've got lectures, you've got labs, you've got all this stuff going on. You're the high pressure of working in the clinic, but just having that person that kind of can commiserate with you and just knows the stress that you're under. And we also, I mean, I, I went to Philadelphia from, from Texas as well, and she was from Tennessee. And so we were not, we didn't have family and friends in the area. And so we kind of were able to, to connect and experience that together and not having friends and family nearby, we could be each other's support system. So yeah, I think that's kind of nice to have another person there, not only for the clinical side, but also just (laughs) the life experience of it too. It is. And we're luckily they hired both of us on. So we're still working together. So we still kind of go back and forth. Do you think we're doing this right? You know, and of (laughs) course we can ask the mentors because they're still there as well, but you know, we're flying a little bit by ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. What has that been like? What was that transition like going from fellow to then employee and full-time staff clinician? Yeah. So luckily they really kind of transitioned us well. I think they, we were really prepared kind of just to go in and treat patients because we had been doing that the entire time. I think the biggest difference was when they got a new fellow in and that wasn't the one that like all eyes were on anymore, you know, (laughs) (laughs) 
they would always, you know, keep me there late. And I was always the first one there in the morning to do all the busy work. And (laughs) as the fellow, that was no longer required of me. (laughs) But patient care wise, I felt 100% prepared. I think the cool part is that now I get to help with the fellowship program. And so I've gotten to give several labs and help with some of the splint lectures or sorry, take that back. Given several of the lectures and helped with the splint labs. And so that's been cool to see our new fellow kind of grow. I always feel like she comes to me first because I'm like very much on the same level as she, she was at that time. I really got to help mentor her, which has been a cool experience. That's neat to be able to apply those skills on the other side. And I think sometimes even we learn more when we're teaching someone else because mm-hmm. we we've got to be on our A game too when we're when we're turning around and helping somebody. But I think that's also a neat opportunity for you having finished the fellowship, but then that's a way for you to give back to that next Mm-hmm. generation. I know it's one, one year behind you, but <laughs> those newer therapy, you know, a newer therapist that's in the same shoes that you were at a year before, before they were. So I think that's a, a neat opportunity that you're able to have. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. And I think the fellow has enjoyed it too. Just having me on hand to ask how to put this PowerPoint together or what did you research at this time? So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. There were some people that I guess past fellows that Jennifer and I would bounce questions off like, well, what are you, what do you do about this? Or like, what did these therapists prefer? You could get the inside information from them or on what you needed to be studying or where you should be at at that point in your fellowship. So it's always nice to have some people to give you that advice. I'm sure that the current fellow appreciates that from you. Yes, ma'am. I think she does. (laughs) Okay. Going through what you went through, if you could go back to day one, what advice would you give yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I think we kind of touched on earlier, but you don't have to be a perfectionist to be a hand fellow. The goal is to learn while you're there and to kind of evolve as a clinician. And I think that's probably the biggest advice I would give to myself. Don't stress out day one. (laughs) You're going to learn it. That's what I told Steffi when she came in. I was like, take a deep breath. You're going to learn it really quickly. So that's definitely the advice I would give to myself. So thinking long-term, how do you see yourself using the experience that you've gained doing this fellowship and that experience you had that year? How do you see that affecting your career as a hand therapist, whether it's five years, 10 years, even thinking beyond that, how do you see that experience affecting your career? I think kind of like the takeaway from my fellowship and what really turned me into the clinician I am today is kind of pulling from all the different mentorships that I got. And so I've always wanted to help and give back with education. And so doing that right now with a fellowship is great. Hopefully one day can go into maybe even like a school and help teach the hand programs. I've kind of always wanted to do something like that, but helping mentor new therapists along the way, I think is important, especially in hand therapy, because we're constantly evolving with new surgeries and new treatment styles. And I think education is the key to kind of keeping our quality of care for our patients up to date. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what advice would you give to say someone maybe who has a year or two of it of experience and going, Hey, I think I'm interested. I need a little more experience. I want to do a fellowship. What advice would you give them when they're considering doing a fellowship? Definitely apply. I mean, I was only one year out of school when I applied for the fellowship program. Now my focus was always around hand therapy. I didn't ever, I had a pediatric rotation, which I loved, but was not for me. Um, (laughs) Acute care rotation was not for me, but definitely apply for the fellowship program. And even if you get rejected the first time, I would apply again, if it's something you're interested in, because you're going to take away so much from the fellowship program. It evolved me completely as a clinician and a therapist in, in general. And it really does prepare you for the CHT, which I know is kind of like our ultimate goal if we're interested in hand therapy. So I will be taking my CHD in November of this year. Woo. Nice. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> so being one year, two years out, I think it kind of helps you get ready for that, for that test. And then really helps you to take better care of your patients. So if you're in a setting with hand, any kind of hands, that'll definitely benefit you for being in a fellowship program. So speaking of the exam, how are you approaching your studying this year and using your fellowship for that and the experience gained there to prepare yourself for the CHT exam? Yeah. So I did take a break from kind of the end of the fellowship until now. And I'm having a baby in a couple of weeks. So oh, um, you've got yeah. lots going on this year. Yes. <laughs> 2020 is going to be a big year for you. Yes. Or excuse um, me, 2022. 2022. Oh <laughs> 2022. Too many twos. <laughs> so baby comes. I'm hit it hard studying again. We have all the resources still from the fellowship. So I do plan to use that. We also used several different literature outlooks. So we, the purple book I know is like a big one. Some people hate it. Some people don't. I'll be using a little bit of that and kind of rolling back through my notes. Luckily, one of the mentors here just took his CHT and passed it like whenever I was a hand fellow. And so he has all of his notes and he's been very gracious in giving those to me. Nice. <laughs> so go through those notes, reading the textbook. That's kind of my plan right now, I feel like along the way, we were given lots of different tests that kind of give us, set us up for taking the CHT um, within the fellowship program. So I'm definitely not afraid of it, but I know it's a, a big undertaking with some of those smaller questions. So <laughs> that's the plan right now. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But my goal is to take it in November. That'll be my officially three years out from graduation. So nice. Well, best of luck with that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think we all feel no matter how we prepared, whether we did a fellowship, whether we studied every single night, I think no one ever feels a hundred percent ready for that, but you are like, go into it confident, you know, your stuff, even if you, like I did sat down and the first question was like, I have absolutely no idea what the answer is to this. It happens. So you'll be fine. You'll do great. You've obviously are well trained for it. And I'm sure the fellowship experience will add 
quite a bit to that and your knowledge and preparedness. For sure. And I think kind of going with a new fellow, hopefully if I can do a little mentorship along the way, it'll refresh my knowledge for what to come. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, do you think, I think we covered everything. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Kristen, thank you so much for joining Kara and I this evening. We really appreciate the time you took to speak with us. And I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this episode, especially anyone who is looking to possibly do a fellowship. I think you gave some excellent advice and gave us a little bit of an idea of what the experience was like. Well, thank you inviting me tonight. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. You can listen on the ASHT website and or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Once subscribed, please rate and review the podcast to help us reach new listeners and continue offering valuable, relevant content. You've been listening to Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast.